0: This is Wendy. This is Debbie. This happens to be our first live recording in about a year and a half. And during that time, we also got two new laptops and didn't have the right plugs for our noise-canceling microphones. So you'll have some background noise, which we apologize for. But we do know that you'll enjoy this guest as we did in talking about a topic that is not only interesting, but very different for us. So thanks for listening.
1: So we're so pleased to have you here.
0: Welcome to Knowledge Coaches. Mm-hmm. Right, very excited. Yeah, so we have Greg Jacobson here. He's a certified financial planner. He's also an old friend of mine from high school, so um, it's it's neat to reconnect. And we've had some really cool conversations in leading up to this podcast about how you your work surprisingly parallels our work. So we're hoping our listeners are intrigued by that and yeah. will listen on about how financial planning really does parallel health and wellness. So
1: Yeah, financial health really does... The level of financial health that someone has absolutely is connected to stress in our life or not stress in our life, right? Yeah. And
0: so when that's flourishing, we flourish too. Right. And that doesn't mean that all healthy people are wealthy. <laughs> no. But stability maybe? Maybe,
1: right. maybe we start there. Maybe the conversation starts with... You know, trying to have the conversation, what does wealth mean to people, right? Because sometimes we get really stressed out because, you know, Joe down the street has something that we want. And, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think my experience over 20 years is that, you know, initially, I think if anyone tries to educate themselves, like, you know, there's a lot of talk on lack of education in, in, in our schooling um, yeah. you, you graduate from high school or college, but you don't know how to get a mortgage or what yep. goes into that, all all right. those kind of things. For sure. So I think if you're trying to educate yourself, sometimes you'll run into more sales literature or advertisements as opposed to, you know, let's say, behavioral advice or financial advice. And, um, and that's really, and really objective advice. So, and that's really what I focus on. And then I think, too, um, there's also a lot of uncertainty about retirement for a lot of people because mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's a bigger step you know, when you're when you're younger and starting out, it might just be about saving money or getting you know, getting out of credit card debt or if you put yourself in debt, that kind of thing. But especially as people get into retirement, you know, that could be you know, that hopefully that's the only time they make that decision. So therefore, you know, I think at some level the stakes are higher and they want to be more sure. And again it's very hard to educate yourself because they haven't done it themselves.
0: Of course. And they haven't
2: had good role models either. Previous generations had different retirement plans. Previous generations didn't live as long. Right. right? So, you know you know, 30 years ago, people could die at, or retire at 65 and die at 72. Whereas, you know, now in my practice, I have plenty of clients that have been retired over 10 years and they're still 75, 78. They don't seem to be slowing down. They take care of themselves. They eat right. They exercise. And I actually think retirement is part of that. Yeah. Because they don't. They've taken the stress out of their life of commuting, of dealing yeah. with, you know, their 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 workload. They had a good career, but you know, again, in a lot of ways, it does take its toll on our health, and therefore the the transition into retirement really does seem to affect people's, their health positively, you know, more time to put into their health on a daily basis, exercise, eating right, Right. you know, making, taking more of an interest in staying healthy.
1: Yes. I think there's a lot of anxiety for a lot of people about the retirement number, you know, especially you were saying years ago. People stayed with the same company for 30, 40 years, and then they had a pension plan, and a lot of that has gone away for yeah. a lot of the baby boomers don't have that nest egg set aside. They haven't planned really well, and so... Again,
2: I think that... um some of the advertising you see, like I've run into clients where they think they have to have ten million dollars, right? Because that's what they saw on a, on, a, oh. on, a, on an advertisement from Fidelity Funds or something right. like that. Just the other day, I met with a prospective client and he asked me about the four percent rule, which you know that that's basically this academic in in the '90s came out and said you could withdraw four percent from your portfolio and that should help it last. And then he's even come out and said, well, yeah, that was an estimate, and so you know my belief is is that. I always say, you know, every client is different, but everyone could appreciate you know, financial planning and advice. So I think especially for retirement, you start with what you need, right? You know, So if you, if you need X amount of income per year, then you see if your resources as is can support that. And um, if they can't, then, you know, talk about positive changes that can be made to maybe get you closer to where you want to go. Right. Right. so, but again yeah. it 's kind of more taking control of it yourself and not defaulting to the government 's the government 's idea of when you should retire mm. or or some academic paper that says you could only spend four percent of your you know of your of your retirement nest egg each year, which you know my experience people need more than that they need more than four percent so Um, But again, it does start with their individual needs and then you kind of start from there.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, and I mean right there that's a huge parallel with the same thing with health. It's like we see everybody as a unique individual and their situation is very different from our other client. Like one client to the next is completely different. Same with their financial differences and two people can be making the same amount of money and even have the same amount saved for retirement. But their lifestyles might be drastically different and so it's not the same story. You can't just look at it as a cookie cutter thing and same same with health. Yeah.
2: I think in terms of like being a practitioner in this environment, I mean that's the that's the skill of being a practitioner. You know, can you get through to this client based on how they're viewing things? And and maybe it's the same the same challenge, but on another client you have to approach it another way. So right. that's the that's the tact or that's the mm-hmm. aptitude you gain as a practitioner yeah. with the experience. Um, that you gain by you know taking each client one at a time. Yeah. When I first started 20 years ago, you know, I would see you know probably five new profiles a week and not all those people became my clients, right. but then you know, but you it's kind of like a triage. You know, you get those different experiences and the different feedback from the people. Okay. So, you know, what I like about what I do is that there is a guideline in terms of, you know, the six key areas of financial planning and approaching it that way, but mm-hmm. Again, most most clients need a. Diff, you know, if, if I'm not getting through to them, I have to find a way to get through to them because right. it's how they're viewing it. Yeah. I think that's right. really the, the skill that you develop as a as a practitioner who does it. Day in and day out, right? yeah. And you're not just you know reading a script, or you're not just uh, right. you know, again the cookie cutter exactly. example, yeah. So, yeah. You know, so again, some people might not want to change what they eat, but if you can present it a different way, then they, they might be all for it. You know? <laughs>
1: okay. Well, sure, and I think that th- what you're identifying is people's habits, their history, you know, their their parents' traditions, their culture of their family, right. And food, you know, it's it. We all come to the table with a history and. As practitioners, our job is to understand what that is and plug in ideas that fit with that, and question too. We're, we're big questioners. So, where did that, that story come from, or where? What does that mean to you?
0: So, so who do you generally work with? Like, give us kind of an idea of the people that you like. Most of your clients. Do you have like? Can you can you generalize? <laughs> Well, or not really. I, no,
2: I, I can. I think uh, you know because of how I started and built my practice. You know, I have a lot of experience in a lot of different areas. You know, um, it seems you know now twenty years later that um, you know most of my clientele is is probably unless they've been through a lot of job changes or they have a lot of debt, like, unless there's a lot of financial pain. then you know, I really don't. I don't tend to to, to get to meet them until they're closer to the retirement age. Right. right? So. What's also interesting, you know, as far as I see it, is that, you know, 20 years ago when I started, I was 30 years old. So all my clients were basically older than me. Um, now, you know, I'm 52, so a lot of my clients are really my – or my new clients should be my peers. Right. Because, you know, we're all getting to the age where, you know, health is important, more, more important than it was 20 years ago. So right. And now, again, I'm experiencing you – I'm know, meeting with people. That I'm closer to in age because they're going to be starting to deal with this. Right. Um, one thing I would point out, you know, I've, I've it, it was always interesting to me, you know, in terms of the younger client, right? So I had in my career, I've had a handful of younger clients, but I I think what's missed on the younger on the younger client, you know, especially the ones like it just kind of seems like in this day and age, people come out of school making more money, even if they have debt them, and everything. It seems that like they're making more money. There there's better opportunities and. You know, I've always felt that you're know, working with me for a client like that is is you know like the, the process is a tool right so they can they can actually do better than they maybe they they, they think they're doing now because they have someone helping them and and, and providing objective advice and things like that um, you know but realistically most of my clients are unless they go through something like maybe a divorce or they go through a job change you know a lot of times I don't get them until you know, the closer to they're closer to retirement age, right? Or, the, or again, maybe the, the pain is enough where they got. I, I really got. Right. To, I got to look into this. Or I got to check this out. Sure. Right. So, right. Yes. Know, I mean, I think sometimes people they unfortunately they self-select themselves out. You know, they might say, Oh, I don't have any money. Why don't I have to go talk to somebody? Or right. I'm not going to save money. Or you know, where they give up a little bit. You know, if they don't, if they don't feel if the numbers if their perception of the number being too big, they just live for the day. Right. Which, yeah. Which uh, again you know, doesn't. That's right, not, that's that. that may that may work. It may not.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: we often ask clients what their, what's their vision of their end of life. You know, how old do they think they're going to be, right. and that creates a whole conversation around their history, their parents, and what their vision is of themselves. I mean, all of us want to go fit and strong and healthy, but most Americans aren't right now they're not going. Fit and healthy and strong. Right. And so and same with, you know, wealth fitness, right? You want to you want to end end your life comfortable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Physically, financially. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So I've had clients right.
2: retire And, you know, one client comes to mind, you know, real quick story. He was commuting an hour and a half each way. And he and his wife were kind of like a little bit at odds. So long story short, I was able to get him to retire and he finally believed it. And then, you know, then he comes in six months later, he lost 80 pounds and he's spending time with his wife. And, you know, so all those behavioral little behavioral changes in addition to eventually retiring you know really does seem to put years on people's lives it really does seem to help them extend their 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 healthy life and and their happiness because they're not going to they're not always revolving around doctors appointments and things like that so
1: that's so interesting so he didn't you worked with him to understand that he had enough financial security to retire and he was worried that he didn't and so Uh, yeah in your conversations you were able to reassure him this is how this is what you need, right? Oh. And this, and then, I, I mean, I love that story. It's like you saved the marriage, you know?
2: <laughs> they, they refer to me from a marriage counselor, quite frankly. So ah, uh, wow, interesting. interesting. he was, he was very interesting because, um, you yeah, first off, a lot of people like, like now the majority of my clients I've had for over a decade, if not more than 15 years. So there's a lot of trust there, right? So whenever I start with a new client, it does take a little more time to course, get up. Of unless of course they come from a, re- a referral that, that that has right. spoken highly yeah. of the process right. and things like that. So, but with him, like what was interesting with him is that basically, you know, he was a do-it himselfer, although he had the help of his brother. So there was that familial relationship there. Then, you know, his mindset was a little different. And um, so for him, I had to send him money for like six months. Like I literally sent it out of his IRA so he could hit his account, <laughs> so he could see Gee, that right. it wasn't, it wasn't a, a mirage. It was right. actually going to happen. Right. Um, and he was he's a very he's a very smart guy. I believe he went to Carnegie Mellon or maybe you not know, MIT. I think so. He's a you know, yeah, very yeah. smart. Yeah. Like he's not going to be fooled, and he's not going to be. He's not going to go in any direction but the one that he wants to go to. Although, one day he did call me and he said, "You know, you're right about everything." And I was thinking of my life like I was a I was still a graduate student eating ramen. So that was the psychological thing yeah. that yeah. was kinda of holding him back. Yeah. But once he started getting that money every every month then he started to relent a little bit, and he was a, he was more open to ideas. And then again, I think his you know, he and his wife were able to come together more because he wasn't he was more present in the marriage. He wasn't sure. worried about going and right. commuting and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So and then he also and he did lose like eighty pounds. Yeah, wow. So
1: you helped him let go of the things weren't that yeah. weren't really serving him, open his eyes up, and he he got on a new path. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that, that again parallels with. How exactly. how we work with people of what can we let go that's causing you so much
0: stress that we have attachments to? Yeah. Right? These stories that we have, a lot of them very old and not true anymore. they Maybe sure. they were true at one time, but maybe that was 25 years ago, but they're still holding on to this story and it has to do with, you know, we hold on to money things, especially from our parents, For you sure. know, especially if our parents were struggling, you know, and that... That's a kind of a blueprint in mm-hmm. our kids, and I I thought of that too. That made me think of how I grew up and how the messages that I would I gave my kids. And I remember saying some things here and there, and I'm like, oh, I didn't want to say it like that. I don't want them to feel like anything is scarce. You know, we have right. we, we we have a lot. We, we're 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 comfortable. We're good. But I come from scarcity in a yeah. sense, and so it's sort of that blueprint. And it's the same thing with health. You know that. I think.
2: All, I mean, I think many, many, many people start off their adult life with a blueprint of scarcity when yes. it comes to money. Yeah. And yeah. like you know, in my experience, you know, I've, I've took jobs where oh, we can only pay you this. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> you, you got to work eighty hours, but we can only give you that, and oh, there's no bonus this year. So like right. you know, you think that this whole yeah. world uh, is against you in a lot of ways. but right. um, And yeah, you, you need to go. Um, yeah. You know, if you, you I mean, I, I actually think that that's a big mindset shift for for people. That if you can go from the scarcity mentality to the abundance mentality when it comes to money, then more kind of flows, right? If you're in business, yes, maybe you so get more true. referrals, or you get you get an opportunity that can elevate your business. If you're um, if you're in a corporate position, you can get a, a, a raise or you know or something. You know, especially in this day and age too, with um, you know the dual income household, I mean, there's a lot more cash flow than you know than, than other generations had in one household. Yeah, right? for and, sure. But again, if you hold on to those. Um, you know, antiquated thoughts about it, um, you know, then again, it it could run into a problem, especially usually when there's a, you know, when there's a, when there's a little stress, if somebody loses a job right. for six months sure. or if there's credit card debt. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, I mean, what I like most about what I do with, with clients is that it's not, I'm just, I'm just steering them. Like I, it's my job to administer the process to them, which mm-hmm. is objective and it, there's no biases there. Right. And and then ultimately I, I guess I have a lot of faith that we're all but if it's if it's me with a couple, then the three of us together can come up with the best decision. Yep. I mean that's really what it's all about. Most financial problems are because of bad decisions, right. not so much about bad products or things like that. So if you can come up with a you know a process which leads you to a point that you can establish what your options are, and then make a good decision. I mean, that's more than half the battle, right Absolutely. there. And again, and then yeah. if you could take the emotion out of it, then it's even better. Because right. Right. I can be as much as I care about my clients, and I like seeing them succeed. And you know, quite frankly. Most of my clients, some of their some of their issues are just in their head. I mean, there's plenty of yeah. money, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's not right. it's not really about money. It's really more about their their, their perceived need of why. exactly,
0: life. exactly.
2: But yeah, you know, for the most part, um, you know, they I, I've learned that the longer they're with me, the, the the more they rely on Angela, who who's my assistant or my my, my operations manager. Uh, you know, the more they rely on us, yeah, because they trust us, and yep. then the happier they are because. They've been through the ups and downs of the stock market, their income is still right is still, they're, they're, they're happier, they're healthier. Um, you know, it, it it you know, it does seem like that the longer they're in the in this formalized process, yes. instead of winging it, right. and exactly. of of the, 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 yeah. the more peace of mind they
0: get. Well that's exactly what my my next question or observance is, is that there's a lot of stress around money. There's a lot of stress around money. And I think if if enough people can let go of that because they have other areas in their life that they are stressed including their career if they're not financial advisors they're worrying about their own career or their family or whatever else they're doing it's one less thing one less thing that they have to worry about it's and it's huge it's a huge thing yeah. so you know th- that's one of our foundations is is mindfulness and a lot of people are holding on to a lot of stress around money that they don't need to that's you know and it's it's a matter of finding somebody like you who Actually looks at them as a person, not just mm-hmm. you know numbers in a book, and they're actually people, and you can kind of assess them and their lifestyle and look at them as as well. This is this is what they need, and this is how they do things. And I I love your approach like that because it's so much of what we do is seeing people for who they are. They're people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My,
2: my business is a lot more about people, a lot yeah. less about
0: money. But again, that kind of goes back
2: to what I said before, where. So, if you think about back when, 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 when the government ultimately made your financial future, put it in your hands, right? right. Where you know, back in the 70s with ERISA laws and 401k plans and, and beginning of the IRA, um, if you went to educate yourself, you, know, you found a lot of. First off, no one really knew, right? So, things that people came out of that, oh, when. When you're in retirement you'll spend less. You know, that's not really true. In my, so it's my my experience. Right. You know? Or when you're in, tri- in retirement you'll be in a lower tax bracket. You no. Know, that, that's that, that's not really true either Damn. if you need the same amount of money, you know. Right. What is true is that when people retire, they usually find a lot of things that they want to do which cost money. Right. So, you know, so again, so if you tried to educate yourself, you really didn't have a lot of good information to go on. Right, and then again, then if you if you wanted to learn about investing, you ran into a mutual fund advertisement, You, know, right. you ran Into a life insurance advertisement where right. they tell you half of the half of the way the thing works, not the whole way the thing works, right? right. So, so it's really hard. I thought I, I felt it was really hard. I, I've learned that it's been really hard for people to educate themselves if they don't have the pa- the practical experience because they don't know if that's if that really applies to them. Right. So yeah. the good thing about you know me now, and I can't say it was 20 years ago, because I was just starting, although I, I do feel I had a an aptitude for all this, um, is that, you know, I can, you know, my clients can live through my experiences, right? You know, I mean, I think for me personally, you know, I've, I'm actually in the process of trying to, uh, you know, write an article for the Journal of Financial Planning, where it investigates the last 20 years of, of really our financial history, and the major events that impacted a lot of things, right? So September 11th, and then, you know, uh, the financial crisis and then Hurricane Sandy around here yeah. and then now the, the COVID and really how people how that how those events may, may or may not have changed people's mindset towards their retirement. Right. right? So. Um, so, again, clients get to benefit from my experiences because, you know what, that client I told you about. He started in twenty oh six and then his accounts went down and I had to hold them together. Right. And now it's twenty twenty one and he's got more money than he ever had. Right? <laughs> and he's been getting money the whole the whole way, right? right. But but someone had to hold him together yeah. because he would've he would have cut bait. Yep. And he would and then he wouldn't nope. know what to do after right. that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, exactly. And, and so you really I mean clients really get a chance to to live off of my experience as much as I would assume. Clients get to mm. you know, if somebody especially who really wants to change but's having a hard time you know, and you can get and you can give them the confidence to say, well, no, just do this every day. You know, yeah. hey, don't eat that, but eat this and right. be all right. Then, that's right. <laughs> you know, you know, that's what I'm assuming is what you do. Exactly. So, right. yeah. um, but that's really what they benefit from. That's really what they're paying for. It's right. Not they're, pay- they're not paying for access to a mutual fund or whatever. It's really the the time and the and the coaching or the or the or the care yeah. advocacy, whichever way, whatever you want to call it.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. right. Great term. So, so what's your favorite thing about what you do? Um.
2: Yeah, you know, I think I, I, there's two things that I do. I mean, if you want if the, the the most truthful answer I can give you, there's there's two main things I do, right? There's part of being a practitioner, right? Which you know I find it's very intuitive to me. I find um, that. You know, I, it's very easy for me to to latch on to different concepts and and, and apply them to what people need, that kind of thing. Right. Um, then there's also the challenge, if you want it to be, of, of marketing what I do, right? Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, going to see a financial planner isn't necessarily a common thing that people think about. Yeah. You know, so the so it, it's not like I don't think people wake up, from, they don't. Graduate college, or they don't get an inheritance, or they don't, you know, and say, Oh, I got to get a financial advisor. If anything, you know, if anything, movies like The Wolf of Wall Street and Boiler Room and and some other ones, you know, kind of cast a a negative connotation on what I do, right? Right. So, um, what's always been very interesting to me is that how much people really adapt and embrace the process once they're in it, right? Right. But until then, you know, there could be a lot of skepticism, I don't know, this is for me, you know, that kind of thing. Once they're here with me and they realize that Angel and I, going to return your phone call, you know, you're going to you're, you're gonna get to know us, we're going to get to know you, we're not giving up on you, that kind of thing. Gosh,
1: there are so many parallels between you <laughs> <them to arrive laughs> and uh, right. I mean... Well, it's because it's people, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, but that's, uh, you know, so again, so the, the, the marketing of it can be challenging sometimes. Right. But... Um, yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing I really like about it is again when you when you kind of earn the client's trust and they really do see that, you know, they're they're better off with you. Pat, you know, when you when you, you know, today I got to thank you, you know, and this is someone I've had for 18 years. I'll really appreciate all you're doing for him Right. You know, I mean, I can't say that I'm not doing anything. I mean, I do care yeah, about what yeah, happens yeah. and things right. like that. So, um, but it's not, it doesn't feel like work to me because, you know, again, it's intuitive to me and I like doing it, that kind of thing. So, so at the, at the end of the day, I guess, you know, really the best part of it is meeting new people and kind of being part of their journey, you know, yeah. being a fly on the wall. I mean, I've always said... You know, it's not it's not about me. It's about the clients. But I'm happy. I'm lucky enough to go along on the ride. Yeah. So when you develop a good trusting relationship where you know it's mutually beneficial and people enjoy each other's company and things like that, and and clients see that you know whatever whatever reason they came in, they're happier now. I mean, that's kind of what it makes it, you know, what, what, what is, uh, you know, what's the, that, that's the reward to yeah. a degree.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: for so, sure. And seeing people make positive changes and uh, and believing, you know, all those things. Like, you know, I think sometimes especially, uh, you know, people can get, you know, especially if you're, if you're a corporate employee where you've worked in the same place for 20 years or 30 years, you know, it, it can be a little scary sometimes to want to take that leap. You know, the, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know right. kind of thing. Right, of course. Yeah. yeah, So, you know, again, and it's sometimes the advisor you know, in my case, me is really the only person that they're confiding in that they, they that they're willing to accept support from. You know, right. it's not even about their assets. It's really more, you know, I'm I'm pushing them along the process. Right. And, right. and they're like, well, you know, and, and so again, they don't always come in just for the financial piece of it. They come in for whatever's you know whatever's bothering them and then right. you gotta take it in the direction that it needs to go. Right.
1: Well so, I'm sure for you you're seeing a lot of people in transition when they're coming yeah. to you, right? right? You know, when you talked about Either they're going through a divorce, or they're 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 gotten inheritance, or they've you know they're retiring. looking to yeah. retire. I mean, these are big transitions for people, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do it by yourself.
2: Yeah, and yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think like just, I used to work a lot with um, with divorced, primarily women, although I do have divorced men in my practice. But um, you know, it does seem like, like with that dynamic, which is kind of interesting, um, is that. You know, there are times um where like one side of the relationship handled all the money, right? So, you know, if I'm working, sometimes you know the the, the they, they would they, I guess the, the term they would use is the outspouse, right? That where the person, oh. that, where the, the couple separates, and then one side had the relationship and the other side didn't. So in this case, I'll say you know the 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 wife or the, the woman had the you got got the assets, got mm-hmm. maybe even got the house, got the kids, but they don't they don't have any help. Right? Right. They just got they just got the the, right. the assets. They don't have anyone assisting them because the relationship the husband had with somebody, and that was you know that that. So I had I've had experience with that. I mean, I've also had experience with a lot of second marriages where I think that uh, what I found is that those people really want to be married. I mean, they really it's the energy is so different. In yeah, them. yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And then you know in a lot of ways you're bringing them together because you're working typically with older independent more independent people right right? right, so you know i mean as much as i believe in like joint accounts and things like that i don't push as much as i used to because you know there could be when it comes to money and things and what you're supposed to have like there's a lot of uncertainty and then it can kind of lead to this distrust or or feeling of abandonment right Mm -hmm. so especially like with in a divorce yeah So, so again that's where you know being a supportive advocate type of advisor is really what that client needs yeah. to kind of get through. Right. Um, and then, again, working with um, second marriages, you know, it's it's interesting because they're adult, they're, they're typically older, and they have their viewpoints on things, and it's almost like maybe, maybe at some level they're more willing to have an objective person in the middle of it. Uh, they both of them always want someone to talk to. Yeah. Because as, the, as that buffer between the two, because yeah, sure. you know, they, I guess at the end of the day, they didn't. You know, they, they're married. For, they're married to each other. They're not married for any other reason, right? right. So, and they don't want anything to kind of break. You get sure. into the of a relationship. But, right. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I've definitely learned is that you know a lot of second marriages. Those people really seem happy. So.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Especially, yeah. especially if they're like you know both going into retirement together, right? They, yeah. They're yeah. kind of creating yeah. a new life for each other, and yeah. uh, and they want to delegate. You know, they, want to, they want to delegate. That's right. really the best client. Yeah. Someone who wants to delegate. They want to be part of it, but they also yeah. they want someone to kind of take the lead a little
0: bit. Right,
1: of course. Of course. I love working with uh, couples. There's so the conversations get so rich, and you know, people start talking. They're like, I didn't know that. You know, like the wife looks at the husband. It's like I didn't know that. And it's it's a it's a really it's charming. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. So is there anything else you'd want our audience to know about you or what you do or what any message you want to give to our audience? Um,
2: the only thing I would say is, um, you know, part of part of this podcast is about the similarities between what we do. So nice. um, I really am a believer. I, I mean, that's one thing that's good about being in my position is I see this in real life. right? So it's not like I'm making this up. So, um, but I can unequivocally tell you that, you know, the clients that I know put their health... It, health is a, a priority to them. Mm-hmm. In addition to their finances, you know, they have definitely, they definitely, it's easier for them to transition into retirement. And then also too, um, you know, I mean, I I only have 20 years of knowledge, but that you know, now a lot of those clients when I met them they were in their mid 50s now they're in their mid 70s. Yeah. And I don't really feel like I'm talking to somebody who I would perceive as like my grandmother, right? Right. <laughs> they don't look like that. Right. Right. They don't, they don't. They don't have. They have a different attitude. Right. Um, so there's got to be something to it, right? There's got to be something to you know understanding that. Um, it's kind of like a dual responsibility: responsibility right. for your own financial future, responsibility for your own right. health future. Right? It's right. not well, just Sure. A, I mean, I yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah, so it's a similar frame of mind. You have a frame of mind of a certain way of this. You know, I, I live a healthy lifestyle, a well-rounded lifestyle, meaning it's not only just about exercise and food, and it's about financial wellness. I mean, there's the that's an actual term, financial wellness. One thing people can understand is that as it
2: pertains to financial planning, that you can get rewarded for being healthy, right? Like, you know, especially if it comes to yeah. things like you're buying a life insurance policy yeah. or buying a long-term care policy, although right. that's maybe not as much. But
1: So where can people find you? Where can our listeners get in touch with you? How, how can they yeah. call you?
2: So I just moved my office back into Red Bank, uh, right on Broad Street, next to uh, Urban Outfitters uh, on the third floor of a beautiful, brick building like this one here and <laughs> nice. um, you know I have a LinkedIn page um, I think I have a Facebook page uh-huh. um, And do you
1: do do you consult with people from all over because zoom is such a you know resource for us or are you a needed me local?
2: Yeah, you know, I do feel that, especially in the beginning of the relationship, face-to-face meetings seem yep. to work the best. Yep, um, yep. Even, you know, because, you know, the few that I've had on Zoom, you know, even the clients I do know, they kind of walk away from the like, camera. Uh, oh, right, right. You know, <laughs> so, um, so, again, I think that if you're really serious about getting started or you, know, you have these concerns, you know, you want to meet somebody face-to-face, mm-hmm. you know, Got get it. a sense that, you know, they're not a fly-by-night. Right. And that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, and then ultimately – you know, once we get to a point where we're on pretty much solid ground and again if it's phone calls, that's fine with me. You know, once you have the relationship you can really do it anyway. Right. right. It's yeah. really that opportunity to, to build a relationship and, and I do think for some people, not all not all people, but for some people, you know, the act of getting in their car and going to meet with somebody yeah. actually makes it more real for them. Yes. Right. So sure. I do believe that, you know, if, if you're not willing to kinda That's uh, a commitment. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, love I, that right. yeah. and, and if you know if I'm making it too easy for you. To yep. get started, because I have the tendency to do that, then it's probably not going to go very far. Yeah, um, but mm-hmm. if you have a you know little, if, it, it's not even a challenge. But if you make that commitment to yourself, yep. You know, I always tell clients if they come in, especially when they really are qualified and they really are in the right place. I'm like, well, if you're wor- if you're wondering whether this is the time to do this, you're in the right place because this these are the issues we can address and this is what you got to work on. But it might take two or three years to help you. Right? Right. So that's why you got to get started now. But, um, but it, you know, I found if I make this too easy for people and maybe that's really the learning, you know, I mean, you could call up T-Row Price and open up an account, right. And that might work for you when you're 30 years old, but when you're 52 <laughs> years old or, or 60, maybe you need some more personal attention. Yeah, right? Right, so, yeah, right. um, so yeah, so I definitely would much rather, you know, meet clients in person. I think it's better for them. It's also, it's better for me, yeah, you know, right. because I get a chance to know them, the body language. Yeah, know.
0: of course. <laughs> it's that the, personal touch. I think that's, you know, something that you're, you're really good at. And I think that's. A big part of your business is, is what you do. I
2: think it's, it's, you guys are the experts when someone comes in to see you, and I'm an expert technically when someone comes in to see me, and right. there's a lot more that's given off than just what's spoken,
0: right? right. So if you can read For the sure. body
2: language, if you can get a sense as to where yep. you, what they're really feeling, and exactly. then break down that, usually it's a barrier, then again, you can be more effective with that. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: 100%. And,
1: uh, yeah. Well, really appreciated you reaching out to Debbie, yeah. you know, and yeah. reconnecting, and Glad to be sharing some wisdom with uh, with our listeners, so we hope people uh, get in touch with you. What,
2: what I always try to do is to provide extra value for a client right so that if they just come to me for an investment or whatever it is, but I mean, they can go to anybody right yeah. but if I come if I work a little harder sometimes or if I get to know them a little better or if I get to understand things a little better and if I can provide them with extra you know or, or encourage them to do dif- something differently because it'll provide them with, with extra. Yeah. And I feel I've done, you know, I've had an impact, right? That's really the goal is to have an impact on someone's life. Of course. Yeah. A, pos- a positive impact.
0: Yeah. Amen. So, oh, listen, yeah. I,
2: I really appreciate you guys being open uh, open to the podcast. You know, I, I, like I said earlier, it's kind of hard sometimes for someone like me to strike up a conversation with people. I mean, I've had my... My aunt walked away from me. You know, people, you know, sometimes some people you say money to, they might be, know. they might be fifty thousand dollars in debt. They don't want to hear it from anybody, right? even, if, even if you're trying to help. So yeah. I really uh, was looking forward to today, and very appreciative that you guys were open minded to uh, sure. to see the the synergies that we have.
0: Yeah, um, yeah for and sure.
2: And I hope that um, you know both of us will have some positive impacts to report in the near future.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: for sure. Thank you. Thank you thanks for listening. Keep the conversation going at nourishcoaches.com and stay tuned for more Nourish Noshes as we continue our quest to make the world a healthier place.